Hello, this is Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast. I'm Lyndon, and this is our monthly investment market podcast. As usual, economist and investment manager David Colosimo is here to take us through the investment landscape of the past month and look forward to August. David, welcome. Great to be here, Lyndon. Uh, David, we've just ticked over the first month of the new financial year. Uh, how have things kicked off? Lyndon, it's been a, a positive start overall. Uh, share markets are up. There's been some promising economic news. Excellent. Um, let's start with the US for a minute. You were mentioning before we uh, started recording, David, that the news has been pretty good out of the United States. Yes, that's true. Uh, for a few years now, we've been focused on strong inflation and rapid interest rate hikes and the risk that those hikes might actually drive the economy into recession. But the news over the past month continues to be very positive. Uh, certainly there are still pockets of weakness, but as best we can tell, the US economy is still growing and the labour market is resilient. The unemployment rate is close to 50-year lows. Uh, meanwhile, on the prices side, inflation has been slowing more quickly than expected. Uh, and wage growth is now also slowing, which is a bit of a surprise given labour markets are still so tight. The latest headline inflation data, for example, is running at just 3% in the US, and that actually peaked at more than 9% at this time last year. Now, that data probably overstates the slowdown a little bit. Uh, core inflation, which doesn't include the prices of things like food and energy, that's still running at about 5%, but there's no denying that inflation pressures are getting a bit easier. So does that mean the Federal Reserve will stop hiking rates? or? Well, they've hiked by more than five percentage points in less than 18 months. So they've certainly done a lot already. And there are now people suggesting that they may actually have done enough. I think the way the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell would probably see it is that he'd suggest that they're very data dependent now. So we may still see another hike or two, but equally we could actually be at the top. Uh, we just have to wait and see how things pan out. So we might get a soft landing after all, David. Let's see what happens. Uh, does that mean things are sounding good for share markets? Yeah, definitely. That narrative of a soft landing continues to drive the share market higher. The US market was up another 3% in July. Uh, it's now down only 3% from its early 2022 peak. July's strength was actually quite broad-based again. Uh, all 11 major sectors were positive. But reflecting that excitement around the soft landing, it was the cyclical sectors like banks and energy that were the strongest, while the defensive sectors like healthcare were the weakest. Now, as a group, banks were up 10% in July. Now, it was only a few months ago that markets were worried about the banking crisis, uh, but that hasn't had as big an impact as many have feared. All this talk of soft landing is good for banks because they can avoid big losses on their loan books if it plays out that way. Meanwhile, the energy sector was up 7%, and that's on the back of a 15% rebound in oil prices during the month. So more and more investors are accepting this soft landing story, but I'd actually warn that we can't be sure the US will actually avoid recession until inflation is sustainably below 3% and expected to stay there. And we're just not there yet. Um, I'd also say that as the number of people who believe in this soft landing narrative becomes the majority, then there's more of a potential for those rosy expectations to be disappointed. So it's probably actually quite a good time to be a bit more cautious. All right, so we won't get too excited then. Um, now, we're, we are midway through US reporting season, and we were talking about that last month. How is that going? 
Well, it's been okay. Uh, about 80% of companies so far have beaten expectations, but that's coming off a pretty low base. Expectations were pretty weak to start. Uh, about half of the results are now in, uh, and it looks like earnings will fall by about 5 to 7% compared to last year. And that's the third straight quarter of decline. Now, these numbers have been dragged down a bit by the energy sector. Uh, earnings at those energy companies are lower than last year because oil prices are well down from last year's peak. But even if you adjust for that, earnings in the broader market are still quite flat. If we're looking at more specific results, uh, as you would expect, companies that have beaten expectations have done quite well. Good results included Alphabet, which many know as Google, and Meta, which many know as Facebook. Each of them were up more than 10%. Uh, on the negative side, Raytheon was down 10% in July. While the current earnings have been quite good, uh, they did disclose some manufacturing problems in engines they provide to Airbus, and that will cost them about half a billion dollars to rectify. Okay, what about here in Australia, David? Are we also on track for a soft landing? Yeah, there's still a good chance that Australia manages a soft landing as well. Uh, like the US, uh, Australia's unemployment rate has barely budged from its 50-year low. So wage pressures are still a bit of a concern. But the most recent inflation and retail sales data were both on the softer side. So things are cooling, but not crashing. And what about our share markets here in Australia, David? Well, our reporting season doesn't start until August, so not a lot of news flow during July. Um, we did have the resource companies putting out their quarterly production reports, and actually they were a bit disappointing. There was a lot of sign of increasing operating cost pressures. Um, and a couple, such as IGO and South32, had write-downs on the value of recent acquisitions. But otherwise, our market followed similar trends to the US. Uh, shares were up 3%. There were some pretty broad-based gains. And like the US, the best sectors were energy, which was up nearly 9%, and the banks up more than 6%. Turning to China now, David, and the growth picture there isn't quite as rosy as in the US. Why is that? Well, Lyndon, they did have that initial rebound coming out of COVID lockdowns at the beginning of the year. Um, but that has faltered in the last few months, and I think there's a couple of reasons for this. The first is that the demand for housing has been very weak. So that's been a drag on housing construction. It also makes households less likely to spend. Uh, but it's also made it difficult for China's local government sector. They often raise revenue by selling land to the private sector. And as that source of revenue has dried up, local governments have had to rein in their own spending. The other thing is that China is still the manufacturing sector to the world. Uh, and exports have been very weak because consumers around the world have just stopped buying consumer goods and are spending more money on services now. And David, you've mentioned in previous months about easier monetary policy possibly being on the horizon in China. Is that on the cards? Yeah, it seems so. The, the Chinese Politburo met recently. Now, while the statement that followed that meeting didn't really have many concrete details about actual policy changes. The tone was certainly for a more comprehensive policy easing in coming months. So I think we will see more cuts to interest rates, but also additional policies to boost those lagging sectors of the economy. So we might see support to the local governments so that they can boost their investment. We might get relaxation of home purchase restrictions in the bigger cities to boost the housing market and possibly even subsidies for cars or home appliances and the like to boost the manufacturing sector. And how did markets take that news out of China, David? 
Well, Chinese share markets loved it. Uh, depending on which index you follow, Chinese shares were up about 4% in July. All right, David, looking forward now to next month. Uh, what's going to be most important? Well, here in Australia, the main focus will be on reporting season. At this stage, it looks like earnings for the year will be flat. Uh, while inflation has actually been boosting revenues, it does come at the expense of margin pressure, and that's weighed on earnings. As always, the guidance that companies provide for the coming year will also be very important. And what about the central banks, David? Well, the biggest three central banks, the US and Europe and Japan, they don't meet again until September. Uh, but we do have the RBA meeting later today. Uh, it's a tough one to call. While the labour market remains tight, the RBA may be willing to hold and see how things pan out for another month. Our listeners will no doubt know the result by the time they tune into this podcast. All right. Anything else before we wrap up, David? Anything else worth mentioning? Well, we'll also be keeping a close eye on China. As I mentioned, that Politburo meeting seemed to suggest there's more support for the economy coming. So we're waiting to see if that actually follows through with policy announcements over the next month or so. Brilliant. Thank you, David. We will catch you next month. Great, Lyndon. Looking forward to it. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Before you go, a quick reminder that our Chief Investment Officer, John Pierce, his latest quarterly investment update video is now available on our website. And he actually recaps our best and worst performing investment options and stocks over the last year, which is quite insightful, actually. So do head to our website and check that out. Don't miss out on future podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great and create a future worth retiring for. So if you'd like more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au forward slash investments. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. And we recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super. Also, remember to consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They are available on our website. The past performance of any investment options that we discuss in the podcast isn't indicative of their future performance, and it's worth noting that just by talking about certain companies, we're not endorsing them for you to include in your personal portfolio.